Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, Changemaker, it's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. Today, I have a very special podcast for you. Actually, we have two this week. This one is very interesting because it was actually a live Q&A panel that I did with Dr. Beverly Browning, who is the author of Grant Writing for Dummies, and Rodney Walker, who is president of Grant Central USA. Um, So anyways, I pulled them together because they are both, just like myself, freelance grant writing coaches. So all of us have different programs on helping people become freelance grant writers. And we also have programs and courses on how to help just improve grant writing skills overall, no matter if you're working as a freelancer or if you're working at a nonprofit or you're a volunteer, etc. So we all have these different programs that are very, very similar. However, I have interviewed both on my show before at different times, and I just adore these people. We have, you know, some people look at us and say, you're competitors, but actually we are collaborators, and I love it. Um, so I said, hey, during this time in COVID-19, when we're really starting recovery efforts, you know, we all know, the three of us, Rodney, Dr. B, and me, we all realize that we need to have more of us out there. And that means you guys getting you trained up to be freelance grant writers. Because just like we're saying, we wouldn't compete with you, we'd collaborate with you. We need you out there helping the nonprofits. There are hundreds of thousands of nonprofits out there. And a lot of them, unfortunately, might dissolve because of this whole pandemic, right? They just didn't have specific strategic planning set in place. They didn't have a grant writer to help find grants for them, et cetera. And they need you. So we really, you know, our hope, our whole thing is to get more and more of you guys out there. But also for those of you who are already out there, you have a lot of questions. You have a lot of extremely valid questions such as, should I, you know, have deep discounts on my services right now? Should I give things away for free? How do I make money during this time? Is there any space in the market for me? Will I even get any clients right now? So those are all very real questions and we go over those questions. So in this podcast, like I said, this is actually a series of two podcasts this week specifically. This first one that I'm releasing now is the specific panel that I had. So while there was a whole bunch of people on the call, the first part of this panel was for me to interview and to ask specific questions, even questions I had down the line from some of you listeners out there for Dr. B and Rodney Walker. And then the second portion of the panel was when we opened up to the questions in the chat box and they were able to specifically answer those questions. So it's more of a speed Q&A where the first part of the panel is more narrative. So I wanted to split these up in two because it went kind of long. So please do, and plus it's kind of a little bit different. So if you have not subscribed to Grant Writing and Funding yet, please do so then you can get the second portion of this podcast released you later this week. All right, so, and before I go into this, just as a little promo here, April 30th, until April 30th, I have all of my online courses, including my master freelance grant writing course, available 50% off. Part of my giving back during this time in this pandemic 
is not only to put together these types of podcasts and pull together these thought leaders um, and innovators in the space so you can get more information. I had Sarah Olivieri on the podcast last week, and she talked about nonprofit strategic planning at this point in time. So if you were not able to catch that, please do. It's very useful, very helpful for you to help nonprofits out there. It gives you some more tools, some more information. So I've been very active in sharing information. Um, we also had a podcast on different COVID-19 funding resources. So you can find all of this at grantwritingandfunding.com. But also I wanted to offer, I wanted to actually transition all my courses into DIY or do-it-yourself courses online. Um, so you can access those at any time that you have right now. But of course, for all my courses, you also get a, a call of, is actually a live Zoom call every single month with me and your other your other people in your group. So it's really, really exciting. You can definitely access those courses at 50% off until April 30th. So be sure to go over to grantwritingandfunding.com and you can just look at the COVID-19 course sale page so you can figure out which course fits your needs. So please do check that out. And without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get into this with Mr. Rodney Walker and Dr. Beverly Browning. All right, we are getting people on the call. They are coming in. Yeah, so this is fantastic. And here I have on the call with me today, we have Mr. Rodney Walker and Dr. Beverly Browning. And of course, I'm Holly Rustic. So we'll just wait a couple of minutes while people come in the door here. But thank you so much for coming on this freelance grant writing live Q&A panel. I'm so excited about it. Thank you. I'm excited about, I'm excited about being here with you guys. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be so much fun. Hello. Hey. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce you guys in just a few minutes. We have quite a few people coming on. This is a very large group for all of you who are joining us today. And we're really excited that you're on the call with us today. So if you could please make sure that your microphone is muted and your video is turned off so we have the best internet connection. And we will definitely open up to questions at the end of the call. But throughout the call, if you have questions that come up, feel free to put them in the chat box. That's where we can grab them at the end and then we can share with everybody. So I'm really excited about this. We just have a few more people coming in. We have almost 100 people on this call today that have registered, you guys. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, and I'm just gonna go ahead and, so those are the ground rules today. But once again, you can always contact me at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com if you have any questions, some more people going on the call. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and get started. We have quite a few people coming in. All right, so here I go. I get to introduce panelists today. I'm super excited about that because I know both of them. I've been able to create a relationship with both of you amazing, amazing people. So when I had questions from grant writing and funding, different people that listen to the podcast, um, and they were asking, hey, Holly, during this COVID-19, like, what is happening? I'm trying to, you know, get set up as a freelancer. Should I charge right now? Should it be free? Should I even do this right now? I had so many questions coming in that I thought, who better to also bring into this conversation but Rodney Walker and Dr. Beverly Browning, because you both have been doing this for so long as well, and you have different perspectives, and you're both like two of the most positive, amazing people I've ever met. So I'm super excited about that. So I said, you guys will be able to lend a lot of this conversation because I know as an entrepreneur right now, there's a lot of, you know, I'm not going to make all of the best decisions right now. Potentially, I'm going to look back and say, oops, I kind of screwed up on that. I thought that was going to be a good thing and it didn't work out, right? We're kind of learning 
as we go through some of this um, as a business owner, as a community leader, like there's different things that we're having to make hard decisions and quick decisions on right now. And we don't have all the information necessarily. So I was like, I need to call other people into this conversation before I just give out my own advice, because I know that more minds to the group means, uh, you know, a better understanding of the situation, especially as it's rolling out. So thank you. So that's why I put this together for those of you who are on the call today. And yeah, and to answer your questions, right, to get more minds, like I said, on that. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and invite or introduce my two panelists today. We have Dr. Beverly Browning. Can you see the wave, Dr. B? So go ahead and um, you guys can go to speaker view so you can see my view and then you can see our panelists. And Dr. Browning is the author of 43 grants-related publications, including six editions. And I think you're working on the seventh one right now, right? No, I'm writing a new course. Oh, a new course. Okay. So six editions, though, still. Over 100, or one, sorry, 100 million. That'd be good. Over 1 million books sold of grant writing for dummies. And I actually, she sent me one of the copies here. I love it. It's a fantastic book. Um, Dr. Browning is founder and director of the Grant Writing Training Foundation, and she is CEO for Bev Browning LLC. Browning has assisted clients and workshops participants throughout the United States and receiving awards of more than $500 million. So that is fantastic. So welcome to the call, Thank Dr. B. Awesome. And then, yeah, my other panelist too is Rodney Walker, and he is president of Grant Central USA, grant development training firm that is internationally known for helping organizations land six-figure and seven-figure grants and share or shave months off the time it takes for them to get funded. Um, he oversees an elite network of approved licensees who deliver today's leading training in grant development systems. He also has a million courses, just like Dr. Bevez, on how to actually be successful in grant writing and in, in freelance as a freelancer. So thank you. Welcome to the call. Thank you so very much, Holly, for having me. Glad to be with a couple of rock stars and in addition to all the other wonderful students out there. I'm a, I'm a big fan of both of your works and thank you for putting this together. I'm also a, a big fan and was like a student. Bill Browning mentored me from afar with that grant writing for dummies books. So, books. so mm -hmm. I'm honored to be here with, with both of you. I can't say enough about about both of you because you guys have both been just trailblazers and I love it. Holly, you've been new, been a new trailblazer around here, pulling together things like this. So thank you. And then Bev for for that foundation that you've laid for for so many of us. I mean, I just want to give you kudos for, for all that you've done. I've taken your pieces and been able to take it and grow and learn from it. So thanks. It's an honor to be with both of you today. And it's an honor to be here again with Holly and to finally see you in person, Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's fantastic. I just want to, I want to uh, kind of lend to that too. I think that Dr. Bev is like the stage of grant writing. <laughs> she really is like, thanks. Yes. I mean, you know, we talked about that before on the podcast that we did together. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I remember in 2007, I got your advanced grant writing course on Ed2Go. And, and it was just so like, it was so surreal when I reached out to you and I was like, will you be on my podcast? And you were like, responded to me right away and got back to me. And then you were on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having like this weird out of body experience. <laughs> I'm just a little old lady. <laughs> I mean, you're, you've been doing this from the ground up, you know what I mean? So, and then I, I wanted to add this too. This is kind of cool. So I work at the University of Guam as well as an 
instructor. And we were looking at doing different certifications and certificates and kind of non-degree programs. And I said, what do you guys utilize? And they said, well, here we have this book we sometimes refer out when we don't have the courses in-house. And they were your courses, some of your courses oh. on it. Too. And I, said, I know that lady. That's great. <laughs> I'm glad it's there. Yeah, all the way at the University of Guam. So I was wow. Like, <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. So yeah, so thank you both once again. And then of course, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Holly Rustic, founder of Grant Writing and Funding. I host the podcast Grant Writing and Funding. I do freelance grant writing coaching, and I also do uh, grant writing coaching and nonprofit strategic planning. So thank you so much to come on the show today. We have quite a few people on the show and we're just going to get started. So like I said, for those of you who might have just come on now, just go ahead and you are automatically muted until the end of the show. We will be taking questions and then just See, thank you all for um, just turning off your camera so we have better internet connections so you can hear what the panelists are saying today. So we're just going to go ahead. I mean, I have some questions that I've curated just uh, through some of it uh, from the different people that have asked me questions. So I've put them here, but we'll also have quite a bit of time for you guys to ask your personal questions. But we will save those to the end. But once again, if you do have a question as we're talking during the panel, Please put it in the chat box so you don't forget what that is, and we'll circle back to that at a later time. All right, so I'm just going to go ahead, and we're just going to do this panel style. So I'm going to ask you questions, and I'm going to give both Rodney and Dr. B time to actually respond to it, and then um, I'll weigh in on some of it as well. But yeah, let's go ahead and start, and we'll be starting with, um, I'll, I'll direct this question first to Dr. Beverly Browning, and just, you know, to go into some background, just to kind of paint the picture, I, I read your bio, but if you could just tell us, you know, describe your business and how and why you got started. Well, first I got started as a vice president of the Volunteer Center, an agency by the with United Way in Flint, Michigan. That's where I'm from originally. And we lost our suicide hotline program. The money ran out. We couldn't pay the director. We couldn't pay our expenses with the community mental health division. So I went to a board meeting not knowing this and the executive director walked in and she looked really forlorn and sort of just uh, wilted in fear and, and anger. And I said, how can I help? What's wrong? And she said, we need a grant. We need a grant for our suicide hotline prevention program. And I said, so what can I do to get you one? And she said, you're vice president of my board. You're the youngest vice president we've ever had. You don't know how to go out and find money for this organization. And it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so when the other board members arrived, they were all older and more experienced than me, and they also sat on more boards. This was my first board position ever, and I asked them if they knew how to get grant money to help us keep that line open, and they all said no. They did not. So that's how I got started, by going to the library, by asking the reference librarian if I could get a book to check out. There were no books. That was the first seed that was planted, no books on the shelf. And this was decades ago. And then I asked if there was anything like a directory of foundations. And there wasn't, but she had a regular school notebook with three foundations written in longhand and information about them. And that was the start of it. So that's when I started writing my business. I have two businesses, actually. I have a 501c3 private operating foundation, the Grant Writing Training Foundation. And that's where I do my training. And that's where intellectual properties populate the revenue. And then I have uh, an LLC that operates as an escort 
And that's where I actually take on the actual, I have to work now <laughs> types of contracts. Training is not work, everything else is. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's really interesting. And especially like, I, I imagine when that, you know, when the executive director is like, you don't know how to write grants, this is, and you're probably like, oh my gosh. But then even asking, like you said, experienced grant writers that were older, had served on, you know, more or experienced board members who had served on more boards, and they said they didn't know how to do it either. So that was clearly, like you said, an opportunity for you then to do something a little bit different and to bring in funding a little differently. So that's that's really, yeah. really good. And I like too that you you saw a need when you said there's no book. So right away, so that planted a seed. And now you're an author, you know what I mean? So, and you've been able to contribute so much to the knowledge of grant writing. So we, we definitely appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome. And Ronnie, what about you? So tell us a little bit why you got started and a little bit about your business that you have. Absolutely, thank you. I actually started in this whole grant thing as a director for a nonprofit organization back in Austin, Texas, where I used to reside. And we had a contracted grant writer. She would come around to all of the directors, scribble some notes on some paper, take the information back, and in about two, three months, we were getting funded. I was blown away with that. It's like, wow, she took my words and wrote down something, and somebody gave us money. I'm like, I'm like, can you show me how to do that? And she was, she was like, get back, quit wait for me trying to take my, take my gig around here. You better get back and learn on your own. And so long story short, I, I dove into the process and the first grant proposal I wrote was for a grant for $25,000 the Hall Foundation back in Austin, Texas. Long story short, I fell flat on my face. It was a dub, did not get funded. Program officer called me in and said, hey, you beat. She wrote at the very end of that letter, if you'd like to come to discuss the problem with your proposal, we'd be happy to, take, uh, to do that. And I took up on that offer, one of the best things I could have done. Fast forwarding, I eventually, moved out to California where I now reside and decided, you know, hey, I need to learn this. Some years have still passed by. I still didn't know what I was doing. And this time I decided to do a, a smarter way. So I enrolled into some educational programs. And eventually that was what led me toward the, the book because one of my professors turned me on to that book, Grant Writing for Dummies and some others. And I started doing it a much smarter way, got funded. And then eventually my professor said, hey, you really have a knack for this. Have you ever thought about doing this as a career? At the time, <laughs> right away, I wasn't thinking about doing it as a career. I was simply trying to get funded. But after I thought about it some more, I decided to uh, share the bit of knowledge that I had. I was fairly new to it, but I figured, you know, like the, the saying says, in the kingdom of the blind, the, the one-eyed person, one person is king. So I took that little Popeye approach and started sharing the information I had. And that eventually brought some uh, clients my way. And one big pivotal move that kind of got me doing what I'm doing right now is I started sharing this information with about 10 people. And one lady was so moved by the information, she asked me to come and do it at her graduate school. I'm thinking that it's going to be another 10 people at that location as well. Lo and behold, the school sends the information to like all the alumni at a 30 mile radius. It ended up being like 78 some odd people there, wow. you know, and I wasn't charging for the course. I was just saying, hey, great, this, here's a free book my professor has let me teach and sell for like 20 bucks. So now you do the math, 20, 20 times like 78, I'm feeling like, hey, this is a good, it's a good day to be teaching people about grants around here. And that, and that led me on the path of doing some of what I'm doing right now. My business now focuses on empowering people to learn how to do grant writing. Some are individuals, others are organizations. And then also I have a number of people that partner with me and we do training. So I license people to do training in different areas and 
they take some of the systems. And this is like one of a few businesses that I have. I have other businesses that do other things to create other revenue streams as well. But my big uh, main thing is the whole brand thing. Okay, thank you so much. I love that too. I mean, that's such a, you know, I and I tell people that a lot of times, you know, especially with new freelancers that are coming to the table and they say, oh, but I don't know they get the imposter syndrome thing going. And I say, but if you're a couple of steps ahead of somebody, sometimes that's better than somebody else who's been in the business for 15 or 20 years. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just need someone a couple of steps ahead of you and that can be very powerful. So, you know, I'm not going to remember all those things that aren't, I definitely went through them. <laughs> That's not what I'm going to be talking about. And the beautiful thing is that we have so many different personalities. People, different people will be gravi gravitate to different people. And so it's like there's room for you just to come out and carve out your own special niche. Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I had both of you on the call. Some people could say we're all competitors. And I say, well, we yeah. actually all can work together very well. And there is so much. And, you know, uh, my thing right now, too, is just getting the information out to the people because we need more freelance grant writers out there. Nonprofits need you. They need yeah. lots of us out there to yes, be helping them right now. And like Absolutely. you said, Ronnie, they gravitate towards different personalities. Like, you know, so it's, it's just really interesting what I can bring to the table might be different than what you can bring to the table as far as like how we discuss it. And, you know, so yeah. like even look at how many different personal development coaches there are out there, you know, mm -hmm. and people think, oh, it's saturated. Well, not really, because you're going to, you know, resonate with somebody different. You're going to resonate with that personality or that branding or whatever. So, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, and just a little bit about my story. So I got started in grant writing actually back in the Asian tsunami. So if you guys remember way back then when that happened in the world, it was awful. And I was actually told to do some community development about six months after the tsunami in Indonesia. And what I realized working for an NGO, a non-government organization, was that we were kind of, uh, it was developed to come in and solve a problem. They never did a needs assessment with the community. They never went out and asked them what they needed. So of course the program fell through. Right? So that's one huge lesson. But while I was there, it was like, what can work? And then, you know, we started making uh, partnerships and friendships really in the community with the people I was learning the language even and going out there and talking to people saying, what do you need? And what I realized, they said, I just need, you know, 500 US dollars to restart my water kiosk you know, micro or micro grants. They really were looking for that. But they said, I don't know how to connect with the UN organizations that are here driving around their armored cars and their guns and not coming out and talking to the community. Mm -hmm. You're here, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, I can be like a liaison to help you get money, you know what I mean? And speak the language that I know that they need to hear that you might not necessarily know how to write, right? So how to convey that message. So I just started doing it then. And I thought, this is fun. I love getting money for people that need it. Yeah. And just being, and that's how I've always seen myself as a liaison between the money and the nonprofit. So I started working around the world in different places since 2005. And then I, yeah, I came to Guam in 2011 and working for nonprofits and getting, you know, nonprofits around the world, different types of grant monies. And then in 2014, I said, I want to help even more people instead of working directly for NGOs, like as a development coordinator, as a writer. And I started my own business so I could help more people and also help more people get trained because I know even on Guam, there's thousands of NGOs, there's thousands of nonprofits, right? I can't serve them all, right? So what can I do? 
And that was one of the reasons too I wrote a book, right? So I can give them a book because maybe they can't, you know, they can't pay for my services, right? But they can afford 20 bucks to buy a book and to, you know, go through that. So yeah, so since then I've been, my main thing is getting the information out there, starting the podcast, really being able to give just bits of information, actionable items to help people really grow and understand the oftentimes complicated lingo of grants. To break it down <laughs> into simple language so more people can get funding and understand the process. Yeah, so that's kind of oh, my crazy journey. But yeah, and all of you are gonna have your own story. So just speaking to you guys out there that are, are on the um, show right now, you know, you guys all have your own story and how you got into it. And that is a beautiful story. That's what makes mm -hmm. you all passionate people. And we're super excited to have you on the call because of that. So yeah, hopefully we can hear some of your stories too. All right, so um, I'm just gonna go ahead and again and pivot the question. Um, this time I'm gonna start with Rodney. Um, as a freelancer that has been working online for quite some time, you've had online courses and everything, and you understand the digital world. Like you have an amazing YouTube channel. So for those of you who don't uh, know it, check out his YouTube channel. You're on LinkedIn um, a lot as well. How has your business been impacted by COVID-19? Great question. My business is actually, truthfully, actually going up during this time. And mm -hmm. interesting about a number of years ago, I would say about three years ago, before my mom passed away, I was, I, my business was really centered on having a team of individuals and we would literally go and do trainings from Alaska to Hawaii, to New York, Florida, California, Texas, all over. And that was the structure that I had business-wise. And during the past of my mother, I decided, you know, it's, I got tired of getting on a plane. Sometimes I was going on a plane. Other time I was sending out consultants to those different areas. And I decided to re-engineer my business to make the business more of where I saw things going for the future. And a part of that was bringing that and setting up a real strong base so that the business would be virtual. And so instead of boarding the plane, I was boarding an elevator to go downstairs to the conference room. And with that re-engineering, I had no clue about what would happen right now, but with it being set the way it is now, my business is really prepared to be able to deal with the impact of being online because I've been online literally for the last three plus years or so, even though I was on before that time, but really the, the bulk of the business was centered now with it being online versus having a physical presence. So the impact for my business personally has, hasn't, I haven't felt it. Actually, I've gotten a boost because I believe more people now are at a place where they're at home and they're, they're, there's more time focused online. So it's actually had a strange beneficial impact. Right, absolutely. And I, I've seen that as well. Um, you know, just because there's a lot more grants out there right now too, there's a lot of funding getting rolled out. So people are looking, how can we, how can we find grant writers? So having an established online presence, I can imagine people are finding you now, right? So you know, all of a sudden you'll see that spike, which is, and, and that, that's another reason too. I know I wanted a lot of you guys to come on the call today because a lot of you are new and you're saying, oh my gosh, is my business going to go under now? Actually, for freelance grant writers, I believe your businesses will be going up right now. Dr. B, did you want to lend to some of that? Yeah. Um, you've been doing a lot online as well, so you just kind of... Yeah. I was impacted actually before the pandemic. Um, I was a subcontractor for another grant writing consultant and found out with about, I guess this was 
back in November, beginning November, that I was going to be taking a hit of losing $3,000 a month. And so I started to plan ahead in November. At the time, I was devastated. And it's like, okay, I have to really be more strategic and, you know, what are the necessary expenses and what are the expenses that can go. So I started preparing then. And at the time, I had no idea that we were going to be in a pandemic. So that early on, sort of, oh my goodness, what do I do? Because I need to have that revenue replaced. And obviously, Thanksgiving and Christmas is not the time to bring in a client that's going to pay that amount or more every month. So by being ready, by the time the first of the year came, I just made a a solid decision to change the way I do my business And I don't want to write grant applications every week or every day. I want to be more creative. I want to think outside the box. I've always had a lot of side services that I've provided. So I just decided to throw out all my rates. And when I got a telephone call from anyone saying, you know, we'd like to work with you, but we don't think we can afford you, I started saying on January 2nd, what can you afford? And I'll tell you what I'm able to do for that. So I'm doing some virtual board training, which is great. I don't have to leave home or, you know, drive across Phoenix to do that. I also start up, started in actually um, three weeks ago to write a new course, which will take me through the end of October with deferred revenues, which are good. And I've just really cut back and chilled out. And every training that I had booked, because I had 18 trainings booked to go out and do in person, um, I've been able to convert those to online. So it's really made a big difference. And while I have less revenue coming in, I find that I'm busier for some reason because I end up on, you know, three to five Zoom calls a day um, with people that just want to meet and then they become referrals later or they give me a referral. So I'm doing good. I, I guess I'm really blessed to say I'm doing good. I'm not wealthy and that's not the goal. The goal is just to pay the bills and to have fun along the way. I love that. I love that. And I like that. Um, so just a quick question on your online. So you transferred from or from physical board trainings, right, to online. Did you change the amount of money then? Because it's online. Oh, absolutely. It went down to about one fourth, 20, 20 to 25% of my in-person appearance fees because Zoom is already uh, a standard bill, um, as is free conference call. I mean, the technology is in place to do everything from this chair, and I enjoy that uh, very much. So, yes, I lowered my rates substantially. I just did a three-hour one yesterday morning for a client that I've had for 20 years now, municipal client, and going out in person would have probably been close to $2,000. But sitting here in my chair with everything that I need right by me and having control of that for three hours, you know, it was one third of that price. Right. And that's, 
that's one of the reasons I was going to kind of add to that too, is, um, you know, everyone, your time is valuable, right? Like your time sitting in that chair is valuable for all the experience and all the knowledge that you bring forward. It's not just a time, right? The one hour charge per se, you bring in decades of experience into that one hour, but at the same time, you're, you've reduced your expenses to travel, right? So that's when you can kind of say, how can I reduce them? How can I reduce my cost to my consumer if that's going to help them, right? So we have to go with our gut feeling what feels good at this time as well. I think that's important to me too. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. That's so pivoting businesses. I think that's really helpful to those of you who are out there. Sometimes you're not going to have to pivot that much. And sometimes you may have to pivot quite a bit, but it's being creative in what you do. Just personally, I've converted my, I have more of a hybrid course that I have. I converted it completely as a DIY because I thought, you know, give more flexibility to people. And then I've cut all my master courses by 50% until April 30. So I figured that was a way I could give back. So I didn't do a huge amount. But the other thing, of course, is I've really been thinking of how can I bring value and knowledge? So like doing these types of things, you know, not necessarily what am I selling, but what am I, what value am I bringing to the table as far as what can I offer people out there? So these types of events, um, doing my podcast and sharing different types of funding that's out there that people can tap into. So yeah, that's kind of how I, I've pivoted during this time. And I think what's important too is a lot of us, we have been savvy with Zoom. We've been using it. So it was, it's, you know, it's not that huge learning curve. So we were able to kind of jump in and take off a lot quicker. So that's also important as an entrepreneur to always be, you know what I mean? Like you said, thinking and planning. So I like that you said that, Dr. D, about well, back before this even happened and you had to analyze your plans, you know, so can you just talk about that too? Because I think that's really important and that's what we've been really stressing out with any kind of business. It's, it's not exactly um, changing your mission with nonprofits right now. So the nonprofits that you work with, it's not a change in mission necessarily, but it's a change in operation. And you had to do that internally, like to say strategically, how am I going to do this? So can you kind of talk about that, that change in operations that might be helpful for others at this point in time? Yes, I called my accountant. Um, I've always had a financial person as part of my expenses, but the one that I work with now here in the Phoenix area, she's the most engaged financial consultant I've ever had. I mean, we talk about every day and it's like okay this is what my revenue is going to be next month these are the expenses what do you see that can be cut how can i shift things around um, i don't just use my own mind because i find out that i'm hard-headed and if i get an idea and i'm going to do something i don't care what the cost is i'm going to do it well i have this check and balance person in my life now so <laughs> <laughs> that really, really helps. But I am also, you know, taking care of a household and I have been the sole person taking care of a household for the last 20 years. So with that, I'm always looking ahead. Um, I, I plan on my Excel spreadsheet where I have my personal budget, my corporate budget and my foundation budget. And I know what's coming in. And so when I get a phone call and somebody says, I know that you really are into grants and board training and everything else, but can you do a remote training for us on remote communications and team building? And, you know, I've taught so many different courses over the years besides grant writing, a lot of business related courses for universities. So it's like, sure. And the minute 
I get off the phone from making the deal and what I'm going to charge. I am on the internet and in my old Dropbox files looking to see what do I have already that's ready to go that can be updated and what do I need to learn about remote communications in the land of Zoom and video that I can put into this curriculum. So we can turn ourselves into anything we want to be. It's our mindset. There isn't anything that we can't do. We can't be afraid of venturing into new territories and new topics. If you want to survive as a freelancer, you have to do metamorphic changes, not just once a year. You have to do them almost every week. Two weeks ago, I became ordained to do Zoom weddings. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> It is so much fun. The bride and groom get center front. I stay down as the officiator, and they can have up to 95 family members and friends that can all see them on the video, and they get the recording. And all I do is sit wow. here and talk for 15, it's 15 minutes to do the ceremony. And you know, it brings in like $500 for 15 minutes. You can't beat that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I love what you're saying about that's metaphor meta, metaphor wait, yeah, metaphoric change every single week. It's like you're mm -hmm. you know, it's different, you're manifesting in different ways. And I've done that too. They're like, Holly, can you teach on, you know, something it's kind of like totally email communication? Sure. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, look around. Well, how do That's I? Right. You become like, and and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a master of like decades of experience. No. That we're talking about. If you're a step ahead of somebody, sometimes the way you can explain it in the simplest way. If you're decades ahead, sometimes you complicate the heck out of things just because you're not thinking of the simple things anymore, right? Keep so in I, mind, yeah. And keep yeah. in mind they they call the three of us because they don't know how. And so just the fact that we know how to use the internet already puts us up there at the top of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So yeah, so Ronnie, so those are great tips. Ronnie, I know you have amazing tips too on operations. Like you said, you run more than one business too. So please tell us, like, how are you shifting your operations or how can someone just even, how do they do this? You know what I mean? What do they need to be looking at as a freelancer? Absolutely. I, let me say this in, in regards to it. I'm, I like Deb start planning and I started planning a while back and I'll tell you one of the reasons why when I first made the transition from doing as different I was doing a lot of events in physical locations but I started migrating to more toward the online and I never forget I had a, a really nice month that was supposed to come through and I'm talking about thousands of dollars that was supposed to come through and I had stopped diversifying my efforts and was dependent solely on one way of generating revenue. Well, that was start the end of December. And let's just say the whole fell completely through that, which cost me roughly about 30 some odd thousand dollars that was, I was anticipating that bench. Needless to say, I was not a happy camper. <laughs> but after that scenario, that scenario left a left an impression on me to say, hey, you can never, ever, ever have everything dependent and have all your eggs in simply one basket. And so with that being said, I started very strategically planning 
and diversifying the funding streams. And even though I have a mainstream, I have diversified funding streams to bring in revenue. And one thing that I would suggest those who are doing freelancing or any type of business, not to have all your eggs in one basket, because to do so is to put yourself in a precarious situation. And I've been, been there, done that. So now in this whole virtual space now, I set up systems. And, and what I would really encourage those that are listening to think of ways and create ways and to create systems that bring in revenue from different, mm -hmm. different streams, okay? And that's gonna look different for each of your, your businesses that you will have. Uh, when I was first starting out, again, Bev, one of the books that you had written a while back that helped businesses, that book was helpful because when I first started, I'm like, hey, great, I wanna do grant writing, but I saw in that book, hey, what about doing funding development reports for other people? That, and that actually became my very first paid gig outside of the speaking part that I ended up doing that led eventually to me writing grants. So again, ask yourself what type of ways that you can diversify your service will be one of the things that I would recommend. Another thing, I'll show you this right here. You see this little, this little book right here? I, I call this right here, my gold mine. And so inside of this daily, I like to write at least 10 ideas in this book, okay? At least 10 ideas every day. And the reason I use it is because I don't want to be boxed in to only having one or two ways of making money. I want to be more like Jay-Z said, I got 101 ways to make this money. <laughs> and so when I use my brain power, as the book says, Think and Grow Rich, as I use my brain power, I'm putting down ideas and I can't tell you, I don't do every single one of these ideas, but just think about it. In the course of a year, if I put down 10 ideas every day, in the course of a year, some, what, 365 days in a year, man, I've got now over 3,000 some ideal, ideals that can make me money. And trust me when I tell you, some of those ideas, I come to say, wow, this is a good one. I put a little star by it and I come back and immediately address it. And some other ones I come back to later on and start working on ideas. Sometimes I'll, I'll take an idea over here and pull that with this one and it brings about another idea. And that's made me money. And I would encourage you to use the most powerful weapon that you have, which is, is your mind. Like That's really right. use the power of your mind. If you haven't already gotten this book, go get yeah. it. It's Think Grow Rich. It is a classic and it helps you to start making some of those shifts that you need to make to think in a different way. And that would be the, the main, the biggest suggestion in a broad way that would say use the power of the most powerful machine that you have on the face of this earth, which is right on your ears. That's right, that's right. It really comes back to mindset. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And I love, you know, looking at that and saying, I can do this and I'm just gonna start, you know, I'm gonna start brainstorming things. I'm gonna put them on paper. They're just not gonna be thoughts, right? Yeah. Because we all know the thoughts will run away. Um, but actually putting them on paper is so important. And just yes. being able to, even if I don't do this, let me just think crazy right now. And I think you make it that, a prisoner. That's right. That's right. You make it a prisoner by putting it on paper. Yeah, <laughs> Can't run. Like, can do it. <laughs> so, but I that's think right. during this time, you know, it we're allowed to think a little crazy because there's there's a lot of unknowns out there. So there's a lot more freedom to come up with these different ideas, right? To really be like, well, what, how can we 
change this to work. So there's, in a way, it's, it's allowing us to have a little bit more flexibility. It's moved a lot of our clients online as well. So maybe before yes. COVID, you'd say, um, I would love to do a virtual boardroom training with your, your nonprofit. And they said, oh, we're just not set up for that. We'll just have you come out, right? But now people have been forced to go mm -hmm. online. So it's actually allowed mm -hmm. us to operate in more streamlined systems in a way for those of us who are online. Now, of course, exactly. you don't always have to be online. One of the questions um, that I'm really getting to is, how do I meet people? So maybe I'm an aspiring freelancer. I want to become a freelancer or I'm new to the game, right? And all of a sudden I was doing my network on how to meet my clients and nonprofits, like at conferences or, you know what I mean? Like out in public. And now I don't have those opportunities right now and they may not be around for the next year, right? Or some time, we don't know exactly. So how, how do people new to the game meet people and get clients right now? What would your recommendations be? And either of you can pick this up. Well, um, I'll start. I, when, I, when all this happened in November, I only had 8,000 connections on LinkedIn. And I have been working on LinkedIn uh, strategically with foundation directors, corporate giving, with um, large investment firms like Fidelity, where they have donor-advised funds. I've connected with everybody associated with donor-advised funds um, and people around the world who make decisions, not just following them, but connecting with them. Because when I'm working with a client and we can't get through the normal route, I typically am already connected to somebody at that foundation or corporation or agency via LinkedIn. When I had to go into the crunch cycle in um, November, at the time, I also was sick with symptoms that are very similar to the virus, um, where I was in bed for six weeks. I think a lot of it was uh, the knockdown of losing revenue. And I just thought, you know, okay, new game plan here. I need to go to bed and dream about it. And I took my laptop <laughs> and every day for three to four hours, I added new connections. By January 2nd, I had hit 11,000 connections and they were all premium. That's how I've been connecting. Every day when I go on LinkedIn, I have at least 20 to 30 messages from people who are decision makers, um, development officers who are looking for grant writing. And what I do so that I don't get into overload while I'm working on this new course, I refer them out to other people that are grant writing consultants in hopes of helping them build their businesses. And I just do it freely. And I'll say, well, you know, let me refer you to somebody or connect you with someone that can help you. So that's how I've been networking. Um, I left Facebook because it just, to me, wasn't a productive place to promote a business. And that's just my personal opinion. I need to be where people are talking about business, where they're happy, where they're posting things that are inspirational, and, and not where they're taking pictures of their kids on a skateboard or something. <laughs> um, so LinkedIn has been like gold for me. And then a month ago, I changed my profile to be a LinkedIn open network member. So I'm just a basic member. I'm not premium. Premi I cut my premium subscription and went to basic, but I still continue to get quality connections. And LinkedIn open network means that I will connect with anyone. Anyone can send me an invite 
but I can choose once I see their profile as to whether or not I'm going to connect with them or not. So that has really made a huge difference for training, for advising, for doing all this online. Many more people are on LinkedIn now. And so I don't have a goal, but I'm steadily picking up at least a thousand connections a month right now. Wow. I, that's amazing. And I, I love that, you know, and we talked about a little bit um, about how you need to diversify your streams and do different things. But at the same time, you can focus on one platform at a time, right? Maybe you focus on one stream of income at a time as well until you optimize it, until you build it, then you go on and then you set up, you know, you set it and then forget it, right? You know what I mean? And then you move on to the next thing yeah. to that. So I think that's important on social media too, because it, it's deciding, well, where are my clients? Where are my potential clients? A lot of them aren't, they haven't been going to those conferences or it's hard to find them at those conferences, right? So on LinkedIn, it's very targeted. You're getting right to them. And like you said, that is a way more professional network than other social media platforms. So, you know, it is a little bit more high level conversations having those. So yeah, that's definitely gold. And that's even pre-COVID, like you said, these were tactics that you're using mm -hmm. and you just continued them on. So yeah, so great. So uh, Rodney, what about you? Like, how do you find, how would people find clients? So we heard LinkedIn might be a great network, especially targeted, finding targeted people on LinkedIn. But what are some other ways that people can connect with some potential clients or partners? Well, I would, I would echo what Bev said in regards to the power of LinkedIn and what you've said in regards to the power of LinkedIn. I'll tell you this brief story and then I'll go back and tell you a little bit more about LinkedIn. When I first was getting started, I was a student that was in grad school transitioning into doing this business and it was so think funds were so tight. I mean, if you looked at my if you looked at my George Washington, you see his face being squeezed to the side because I was squeezing every little bit out of that dollar. I could not even afford I couldn't afford a website. So I I had to get a student membership web page. One page on the Alliance for Nonprofit Management. They used to have a director. And I put my little web page up. You I always say start where you're at, you know. Yes. And I put my web page up and somebody found me. There was a program officer for a foundation here in Pasadena that found me there and invited me to come in to meet. That eventually ended up landing me a twenty-five thousand dollar contract wow. to do work and being consulting for the course of the year. It really equated to being a $50,000 contract because they had me for two years. And I can't tell you the other things that it spun off into, but it spun off into connecting me with a lot of different nonprofits in our area. I said to say that that was a, a tool, a resource that I spent money on that bought me business. It was something small. It was something really, really small. It is nowhere near as powerful as LinkedIn is. Yeah. Okay. Nowhere near as powerful as LinkedIn. So the most powerful resource right now in today's time for businesses, really in terms of social media, I would say is LinkedIn outside of other social media, such as using video-based marketing and things of that nature. I would say LinkedIn is it. And, and I would say, you can you can do a lot of targeting there and i would encourage you to take advantage of the things that linkedin does for you automatically let me give you one or two quick examples 
I get notifications every day of when it's somebody's birthday or somebody's anniversary. Oftentimes, a lot of people let that slip past them. One of the most powerful things you can do is recognize people. And instead of simply doing that, I say, hey, happy birthday. And not just happy birthday like everybody else does it. Get that little message that automatically populates. Not that. I'm talking about taking a message and, and sending a direct message to that person, even if I don't know that person well. I cannot tell you how many times when I've done that, people come back to me and start asking me about my grant services about writing grants, even though I'm not really writing a lot of grants these days. I'm doing more of the teaching and the instructing side. Mm -hmm. So that's just one example of taking what you already have and really maximizing it for your advantage and utilizing what you have before you and really seeing the opportunity and the goal mine that's in it versus overlooking it and having a, a different mindset that's close to the resources that you currently have at your disposal. It's a powerful machine that if you use it to your advantage, I would say that is the absolute best place to start, to start finding people that can possibly become some of your potential clients. I love that. And and it's free. You know what I mean? Like you can, like Dr. B said, you can up, up level and, and pay for it and stuff like that. But it is a free platform where back in the day, maybe we did have to pay for a web page or a website. And it's still having that is good. But at the same time, you can publish articles on LinkedIn. You can establish a lot of credibility, you know. So there's so many different things that you can do with it. Definitely recommend it. I definitely think uh, YouTube is a good thing as well because it's its own search engine. So you can really link things from LinkedIn on YouTube. I, and of course, you know, I podcast. So that, that's one thing that I found that really reaches out. And I have a lot of people that I would never be able to touch. They listen to podcasts and they find, they find me there, right? So I really think it's, yeah, it's getting creative and figuring out, do you like to blog? You know, do you like to write articles? Or do you like to talk more? Do you like to be on video? And then just trying them out too. And saying, and then saying, well, where am I getting people that are following me? You know, which, which, and what do I like to you, right? But maybe once again, using one thing at a time. But the internet is so powerful. People are out there. You can really meet a lot of potential clients and partners, you guys, out there, just like you here today meeting us. Um, yeah, so I think it's a really good opportunity to not be afraid as an inspiring freelancer right now to really, you can start getting clients. As you've heard throughout this call, and I'm just going to get over to the comments, some of the questions here soon, is um, also, uh, you know, nonprofits need you, right? Unfortunately, uh, you know, a lot of nonprofits may dissolve during this time right? They may not have the resources to continue to move forward. They didn't have that strategic planning in place. You know what I mean? They didn't have things set up. They didn't diversify their own funding streams. They may have been relying on a program that may no longer exist, right? So it's really saying, how can we help those nonprofits not dissolve? How can we help those nonprofits get set up? And you guys are, you know, out there learning how to write grants, learning how to do different funding for nonprofits. And we really encourage you to keep doing that. And of course, you can contact any of us for resources. We all have our different courses and we have some of us have books and we have different things available. So um, before I get into your questions real quick, also, do you guys have any specific products right now or services that can be helpful for the people on the call? Um, well, <laughs> I have strategic planning. I could do that. Um, as well as in person once the quarantine lifts. Compression planning. I've taken compression planning training and that is strategic planning on steroids. I also have a board of directors boot camp 
as well as training for a board when they're micromanaging the executive director of an organization. And now that I'm involved with AFP, because that's where development officers are, have membership, they make decisions. They hire Yes, so, so yes, exactly. Those are where people are making decisions and they need grant writers all the time, even if for a period of time, not forever. So it's a good place to be because there's no other grant writers at my chapter, literally. Everybody is in a position of hiring or referring. So that's been a big opener for me. So I would just say think outside the box. Assess yourself. What are the skills that you can do? What do you want to do that you don't have the skill set for? I take some type of an intense professional development training from other people and institutions every single year. I'm going to be 72 this year, and my dream is to go back to Disney Institute to learn more about Walt Disney's innovation vision so that I can understand more how to incorporate that philosophy and methodology into the way I think and what I do so we never stop learning. That's right. I love that. I love that. So yeah, so that's definitely awesome tips. And Rodney, what about you? What do you, what do you get? Well, I have a lot of different resources. It really depends on what a person is trying to do. I would say it's a grant writer, grant professional. I would say probably some resources that a lot of my students have found probably the most helpful in these times is the opportunity for us to have that one-on-one -on -one engagement or group engagement to do kind of like what we're doing right now to learn strategies to be more successful in their marketing, more successful in their business. And for those that are just starting out with grant writing to, to be able to go deeper in being able to do a more effective job with that. So if you're interested in checking out that, there's a number of other resources over at grantcentralusa.com looking to store. But again, I like to find out what does a person need because we got a lot of different things and I, I would maybe say, hey, we got this net, but but it really depends on what a person's really trying to do that yeah. can really service them the best. So I would say, hey, go take a peek out over there. If it's something that catches your eye that maybe uh, addresses the need, feel free to reach out to us. Awesome, awesome. And we do have all of the links in the chat group, so if you guys are on the do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the Tribe, and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this Grant Writing and Funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, Email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com. 